spring has sprung. It's warm. It's nice. It's sunny. Get out there, play some basketball. But before you do that, listen to the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. I hope everyone's doing better with their brackets than I am because holy crap, that was a wild weekend. But uh, well, I'm not even going to get into that, seeing as how, like, you know, my my brackets have been lit on fire and I'm roasting s'mores on them right now. But we got Tyler Monahan on the podcast today. He penned a column last week about Tyrese Maxey and how now is the time that he should get some serious run, some serious minutes because of all the inconsistency in the injuries and the Sixers guard rotation, which we'll discuss. So let's just get him on. Tyler, how you doing? I'm good, Adio. How about you? I'm doing well. How's, how's your bracket doing? Um, It's right along with you in that, uh, <laughs> in that fire. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I had four of my Elite Eight teams out by like midday yesterday. It's terrible. I, You know, I, I put... A good, not a good chunk, but a, a sizable chunk of uh, Greenback on Illinois to mm. win the whole thing. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit upset. Yeah, not not too great. I had the uh, I had the same outcome. I was uh, pretty upset yesterday. <laughs> Although I did cash in on Oral Roberts, so thank you for that, guys. Appreciate that one. <laughs> so Tyrese Maxey, uh, he's of, of course the rookie of Sixers took the 21st pick this past draft. And you think that now is the time that he should get some serious run. Uh, the, the guard rotation, let's talk about that real quick. Like right now, I mean, it's Ben Simmons, technically. I mean, he's 6'11", but he plays point guard, so he's in their rotation. Um, Danny Green, he's had 10 plus points in his last five of six games, but there's way more single digit games. And that's kind of where I want to start. Um should uh, should Maxi be getting like more minutes than Green? Like Maxi maybe gets like twenty five, and Green gets maybe fifteen, something like that. Uh, I don't know about that at the moment. Even though Danny Green's not putting up you know crazy offensive numbers, I think he just does so much to uh, the winning caliber of this team. He just does so many good things um, offensively. He spaces the floor. Obviously uh, we need as many three point shooters out there right. as possible when your offense is running around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but defensively he's able to really match up against tough matchups and do well, at least be, be able to tread water, uh, which is exactly what we needed. Tyrese Maxey's still a bit raw. He's still kind of unwilling to shoot the three as much as fans would like him to. He's, he shoots the three, but just not as much as we'd like him to um, just pull the trigger rook. Exactly. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think he fits more into a bench guard role, um, which I talked about a little bit, you know, with the, uh, the issues shake Milton's been having. Um, I, I think this is a perfect time. I, I think Danny green's pretty set in the, the starting rotation, uh, but I would like to see Maxi get some, some of those extra bench minutes. Uh, Seth Curry, of course is injured. He's going to be out for tonight's game against golden state warriors. Uh, so let's go to the bench a little bit. Shake 
getting hot these last three games. Uh, almost 22 points a game in his last three games. He's coming along, but you know, there's still there's still that little inconsistency with Shake. Uh, I, I hate to do the pun, but Milton's looking a little shaky. Not gonna lie. <laughs> see see uh, what I did there? You like he, that? Yeah, I wish we had that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that little bum bum, <laughs> little drop. I'll put the rim shot in post. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's funny though. As soon as I pressed publish on that article, it seems like Shake Milton read it and took it extremely personally because uh, he's been playing super well. Uh, yeah, he's putting up you know close to twenty points a game in those last few games, uh, really commanding the ball and, and has a commanding presence on the court. Uh, but the last couple of weeks has and hasn't been great for shake i mean he's been seems kind of lost he seems like he's lacking a bit of confidence his shot seems to be i don't know what happened but it it just seems like it's so flat lately there's no arc on it and um i definitely see that too yeah yeah it's it's been a struggle uh that's why i really wouldn't mind maxi getting a few of him his minutes just kind of taking the load off of milton a little bit i think when Doc Rivers goes to him as that true backup point guard and the guy to run the second unit offense, uh, I think it's a bit much for him at points. So I think bringing in someone else who can uh, fill that role admirably, even if it is a rookie, which I think Maxi can do, uh, it could help Millen a lot. The other two guards in the second unit, let's start with Furcon. Uh, he's been a bit of a fireballer since the all-star break. <laughs> Uh, he's shooting close to 45% on his three since the all-star break. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I love Tyrese Maxey, but I don't want him taking any Furcon's minutes, especially since Furcon is way more willing to pull that trigger and get that spacing going. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when there's a hot hand in the rotation, you got to just ride with it. And Leave it see in. How long Leave it last. in. <laughs> exactly. You just got to let it ride. Furcon's got that hot hand right now. And, I think he's just each year that he's been in the league, I feel like he's just taken such a step forward in each year. Now he's really, he used to be such a defensive negative. Now he's out there making plays, not necessarily, you know, Ben Simmons level of defense. But, of course not. Uh, um, I mean, no one is, but uh, <laughs> he, he's making plays. He's helping the defense. And yeah, he's a very willing shooter. Uh, he's one of those guys that you need. Every bench really needs a guy who's almost it almost seems like when they get the ball, you know, they're going up with it and they have the confidence to say this shot's going in every single time. I uh, talked about that on the pod last week with Sean, like, you know, Furkan is kind of our irrational confidence guy. Like he's yeah, our, for sure. he's our Nick young right now. Exactly. Like, that's, that's a great comparison. I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, it just feels like he gets the ball. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm shooting. I don't really care where I am. He looks for good shots, and that pump fake he has is insane <laughs> where he's able to kind of get close to the rim. Um, but when he has the ball in his hands, you feel like he's going to make some sort of play. Right. And you talk about Ferk's improving defense. Shake has also become a little bit better of a defender, too, so he's not the net negative that he was last year. Yeah, he uh, he added that muscle. I wrote about that way earlier in the season. He he added a bit of muscle, and he's just not getting pushed off the ball as much. He's able to force his way inside on offense um, and kind of stick with players on defense, and it's really cool to see. Um, so I don't want this whole article to feel like it's just me ragging on Shake because it's definitely not. I just right. think maybe this is the time to, for him to take a little bit of a step back uh, while it's not – a terrible time 
we're kind of in a situation where the Sixers are pretty comfortable with uh, with their record. They can try out some new things. They're still going to be at the top of the, the Eastern Conference, so might as well try and get Sheik a little bit more of a break, reset him a little bit, reset his uh, head, and uh, get ready for the stretch run playoffs because you're definitely going to need him. He's going to be a really key factor to the Sixers team come playoff time. Sticking with the defensive theme, let's talk about Matisse, who's also been on a bit of a shooting tear lately. He's also up there shooting over 50 percent on his threes. I mean, given, you know, 19 attempts, but still, you know, he's definitely more willing to put that up if he's open or even if he's like only like halfway open. I don't know who got in Matisse Thibel's ear, but he is, I mean, it's been awesome. He's, he's getting the ball and he's not immediately looking for the pass. He's sometimes. Did, did you write it? Did you three. write a column about Matisse as well to get him going <laughs> the same way you did with shake? I might have to honestly, uh, just to make him keep doing whatever he's doing. Um, but yeah, he's getting the ball and he's actually looking to go up with it. Uh, when you look at his form, he's not a terrible three-point shooter, even though the numbers might suggest otherwise at some points, but he, he's capable. And I think he's now kind of realizing like, oh, you know, if if I'm willing to shoot it and I'm making some of those, I'm going to get minutes later in the season. I'm going to get minutes later in games and, and crunch time situations. And I mean, Doc Rivers has been very vocal about it, saying we need him to be able to make those shots because we need his defense late in games. We don't want to have to continuously uh, – sub out the offensive defensive uh, rotation thing with Seth Curry that we saw earlier this year. We want to be able to rely on Matisse late in games. And it seems like he's really taken at the heart and he's, he's uh, trying to prove his coach to his coach that he can do that. And it, the defense has never really gone away. Like I will say he's looking a lot more spry now than he was at the beginning of the season. Cause he had the injury in camp, got off to a little bit of a slow start. So you're kind of mm-hmm. seeing him getting his legs underneath him once again. So it's, it's nice to see. Yeah, I think this this season, the early portion of the season, uh, it was a recipe for disaster for Thibel. You know, like you said, he came into the training camp late because of that ankle injury, um, and he just wasn't able to really get the run necessary for him to kind of get things going early. But he has, a, as of late, and he has been incredible. I mean, like, he's at near the top of every defensive category as a bench player. Like, that's... That's just absolutely insane. It's incredible. You can't say that about anyone else. Like it's, he goes out there and he's just, he's always around the ball. His nose for the ball is unreal. It's unlike any other player I've seen before. Um, He just always seems to be making plays. And that is going to come in handy. And I talked about this with Sean too last week where Matisse, he's going to have to play some stretches in, for example, a seven game series against Brooklyn, you know, he, uh, any one of Harden or Kyrie Irving is going to be on the floor and maybe he might have to spot up on Durant a little bit. So it's just nice to have another wing that's competent in his offensive ability and shooting a little bit, just so that he's not a complete liability. If he's also tasked with guarding one of Brooklyn's big three. Exactly. And I think people always talk about, you know, when Ben Simmons uh, will he or won't he be shooting threes? There's always the people that are saying, you know, just attempt them in the game. So defenses have to recognize that and they have to guard you out of the three point line. I think that's kind of what Thibel's been going through where he needs to be able to take those shots and we know he can make them because he's done it in the past, but he needs to be able to, to shoot it at least a bit more consistently just so defenses are willing to come out on him a little bit more and, really value him as like a true offensive threat that we haven't really seen so far in his, his tenure in the NBA, but it seems like he's kind of turning a corner with that, which is really cool to see. 
now let's get to the subject here because we, we talked about the guys that Maxi may be taking minutes from. So let's talk about the rookie himself. With Maxi, what's his best case scenario role right now heading into this playoff push? Man, that's a tough question because Doc Rivers really doesn't like to rely on rookies. We've seen yeah. that in the past. So I wouldn't really expect a whole lot from Maxi the rest of this year. I think the role that he can fit the best in is that kind of uh, high energy spark plug type guard. Uh, I thought Shake Milton showed a little bit of that earlier this season, but he's kind of settled into more of a, you know, consistent set up the offense, look for open jumpers, that kind of stuff. I think Maxie's the kind of guy that can come in, runs around, high energy, looking for guys, throwing lobs, throwing that floater up. This such a beautiful floater, and just trying to make plays in a short period of time. I think he's the kind of player that can totally succeed in that role. I think he can do a lot more down the stretch, you know, into the next couple of years if he's on the team. Um, you know, regarding all of those those uh, those trade rumors, he might be involved in. But you know, if he's on the Sixers come the next few years, I think he can evolve into a really, really key rotation player. Uh, but for right now, I see him more of that, you know, energizer bunny spark plug role. I was just going to ask you probably just answer that question. If there was any scenario where Maxi and Shake could be in the same backcourt together for a couple, just a couple of minutes a game. Yeah, I could see it. I, uh, I think they could fit there, you know, here and there for a couple minutes. I think shake is more of the, like I said, set up the offense and Maxi's more of the, give me the ball and just watch me run and make plays. Um, so they're not necessarily the, necessarily the exact same type of player they are somewhat similar uh but not enough that you can't play them together uh so i I would like to see those those few minutes every here and there uh come the next few games i think that'd be really interesting to see the way you describe maxi and how you want to see him in the role that you would be uh best case scenario high energy spark plug kind of reminds me a little bit of tony roten yeah, I think you can look at Maxi and you can see a bit of Tony Roten in his game. I think he's a bit more polished. I know Roten uses a lot more of his physicality and his speed. Max uses his speed, but he uses a lot of his, uh, you know, playmaking ability. He uses his smarts. Uh, he's able to, you know, uh, pull up from three, even though we didn't see it a ton. We saw it a lot in college, but not in the NBA. Um, able to get to the rim. So, yeah, I, I definitely see the. Uh, the Tony Roten comparison a bit um, just because of his pure, you know, I feel like he's got that dog mentality like Roten and he's uh, he's able to use those, th- those speeds and those just pure athletic talents to uh, make plays. You know, I've been doing this podcast for a few months now and I just want to get Tony Roten's name in a podcast as much <laughs> as humanly possible. Cause I love that guy. The king of the process, man. king of the he, process. How can you not love him? <laughs> Maxie's game with Dwight Howard, I have very much enjoyed when the two of them are in the game together because they have such a pick and roll game that's already clicking very, very well. Like, I don't know if that's Dwight's plunging ability or just I don't know what it is, but like those two on mm-hmm. the floor together, like uh, lots of that. Yeah, I think, you know, you bring up a really great point with those two. I think those are two of the things that I've mo- been most surprised about this season is Maxie's touch with the ball. I know he had a great touch in college, but it feels like now when he's around the paint, he's got that such a nice floater and he's able to, you know, lob the ball up. He's just got a really, really uh, good feel 
for the game around that area. Really nice touch. And Dwight, I mean, it seems like sometimes he's turned back the clock and he's looked like he's back in Orlando. I mean, he's making all these incredible athletic plays. He's a bit older now, so you really wouldn't expect him to be making these such great athletic plays and jumping uh, to the points that he is. But, you know, he's doing it, and it's, it's been really cool to see. But that is such a great combination because they're able to play off of each other in a way that really no other combination on this team has been able to. Um, and that's, I think that's a, definitely a combination that Doc Rivers and the team should explore a little bit more because I feel like they just mesh so well. And I think that could become a, a really, really nice combination down the stretch of the season. We talk about Maxi so far, just, you know, down the road as a rotation player or, you know, a year or two from now, what's his role going to be in the rotation? I will say there's a lot of positives just based off of the numbers that he's put up this season. And these are 100. Uh, this is per 100 possessions. He averages 23.6 points and a 105 rating. Like that's that's something to look at and say, OK, we should kind of breed this a little bit did the Sixers kind of make a little bit of a stumble not just playing him in the G League for a couple of months because like at the start of the season like I don't know what purpose he would have really like we loved getting with the 21st pick but like the rotation, the guard rotation was pretty solid. And like, I don't, I don't know the contractual agreements with uh, first round picks are as far as like two way players, but you know, I, I, I don't know if that was even something that was on the table. Yeah. They were in a weird situation because early in the season, it looked like Maxi was going to be part of that rotation and he was playing some solid minutes uh, to start. So he was getting the minutes there and then he kind of fell out of favor with rivers and he was back in the rotation. He was out of it uh, back and forth. And I think it was to the point where they're going to need him eventually. So you don't want to send him to the G league. You don't want to send him to the bubble. Um, and not have him when you really need him, should you need him. So it's almost like he was in the situation where it was, you know, he was in a case and it was like breaking case of an emergency. Right. Um, As we saw in the Denver game back in January, where he scored like 39 because there were literally (laughs) no other guards. It was basically just Maxi and like, I'm pretty sure they pulled like three concession workers from Wells Fargo Center and just like, okay, play against the Nuggets. I don't know. Like there, we don't have anyone else available. Yeah, I think the I think one of the guys that sells cotton candy, he actually pulled down like nine or ten rebounds. <laughs> he so actually that was gave nice. uh, he gave Nikola Jukic the uh the work that game. <laughs> he gave he gave the Joker <laughs> the business. <laughs> but um yeah I think Maxi in the G League wouldn't have been the worst of ideas. Uh but I don't know how confident the Sixers were that they weren't going to need him eventually. So they kind of just kept him around, which I mean, it's fine. Um, I th- I don't think his development has really been like stunted at all. Yeah. It would have been nice. I, to agree see with that get some extra- I think it would have been nice to see him get some extra minutes in the G league, but I don't think it's like a, a real killer. And, you know, it, with Maxi in the G league, you know, B-ball Paul probably doesn't get the numbers to win a rookie of the year. Exactly. NFL, so there's that. There's exactly. That we, we need to, we need to give B-ball Paul all the things he needs to, to fly, to spread his wings and fly. Yes. And you know, when there's MVPs and rookie of the year and just truly get it out the mud. There's always growing pains with every rookie that comes into the league, that comes to a championship team. And do you feel that, I don't know, this is, 
purely based on opinion, but do you feel that like Maxi had maybe a little bit of pressure on him to like perform right away, especially given the fact with a coach like Doc Rivers, like you said, that doesn't really have the best track record in trusting rookies. Yeah, this is a, this is a, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a loaded question because anytime you look up his name on Twitter, it's, Philly fans just gushing about the guy. Uh-huh. I mean, he's been he has been awesome in what we've seen. But the thing is, so you see his name on Twitter. I don't know if he you know, he maybe he looks up his name every once in a while, saying you know everyone's oh, so excited for me to be playing with the Sixers. And then you go into these games and there's no fans there at least to start the year. Yeah, and you know you don't have those people to pump you up. And <laughs> you know maybe once he fell out of the rotation for a bit with doc rivers, there was a bit, a bit of that added pressure saying, okay, I need to be able to get back. Cause I maybe, I feel like I'm, I'm not at the level where I should be, or I'm not living up to expectations. So, so much this season. Um, and I, I honestly think that having the fans back in the stadium is going to help him a ton just because he's going to realize how many people are on his side and how many people really believe in his talents, even if he's not getting those consistent minutes that, you know, he probably would like to have. Yeah, Tyrese, trust us. We we have practice. We, we can help <laughs> exactly you between Joel Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz, we have a litany of experience. <laughs> exactly. Okay? So you know, maybe there is a little bit of that added pressure that he's not um, immediately, you know, a big piece to this rotation. But I think if he gives it time and he realizes where this team is headed and that there is a spot for him eventually. Um, It'll be all good. I just think it's going to take a little bit more time than some people are probably expecting. There is one looming factor that could lead to an increase in Maxi's minutes. And that comes with the possibility of a trade with uh, Danny Green or involving Danny Green, be it for Kyle Lowry or whoever. Actually, first of all, let me get your thoughts on that. Like, um, wh- how do you, how would you feel about a uh, Kyle Lowry trade? Cause that's, that's gaining more and more speed. And- yeah. I, uh, you know, if you ask me today, I would put it at like a pretty decent possibility at this point, whereas maybe a month or two ago, not so much. So I keep going back and forth. I keep flip flopping on whether I want Kyle Lowry. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to have him in a Sixers jersey. Obviously, I think he brings a lot to any team he he uh, goes to, you know, that veteran leadership, the winning mentality, he has a ring, uh, all this stuff. But I don't. I think it's kind of just because I I like this team, how they're constructed so much. I do, too. I just love the personalities and stuff. Um, so I think any trade to get Kyle Lowry, you're obviously giving up Maxi plus some other stuff. Um, and it's another thing where wherever we trade Maxi, if we do trade him, I feel like 1000% within the next year or two, he's becoming like a star. Oh my God. And I don't, I don't so much. Exactly. I don't want to have to go through the, Oh oh my God, we traded him for, you know, potentially a half of a season of Kyle Lowry just to get bounced in, you know, the second round again. Yeah. Cause like that, I just, I don't know how much more of that I could take personally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Seriously. We want to have our float going during the championship parade, like we want the Liberty Ballers specific <laughs> championship parade float. Like we want that so bad. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I would like Lowry. It also depends on if we're able to bring him back on a more team friendly deal. Once he hits free agency and all right. that, we have a bloated uh, salary cap, you know, or um, 
with with all of the uh, contracts that we have, you know, Ben Simmons is making a ton, Embiid, Tobias Harris are all making a lot of money. So we have to be able to really work the margins, which I think Daryl Moore will be able to do. He's done that throughout his career. Um, but whether Kyle Lowry is willing to do that to come back to Philly, you know, come back home, um, you know, that's another question entirely. And I think we're not really going to be able to find that out until he's here. And he's playing with us. Um, so it's a big gamble. It's almost similar to the Jimmy Butler deal uh, where we traded for him without a contract uh, ready for him. Uh-huh. And he leaves. So are we willing to attempt that again and give up another high profile prospect and pick? Uh, that scares me. And uh, I, I think it, it probably scares a ton of people. And me included. He'll look at if uh, is Kyle Lowry, the guy that really puts you over the hump against a team like the Nets. I don't know if he is. And there's a lot of questions and there's not a lot of answers. And that's what makes it so terrifying because you just have to let things unfold. There's no, there's no telling if it's a right or wrong deal. You just got to kind of go with it. Let's say for the sake of argument that Superman Daryl somehow pulls off a Kyle Lowry trade where Maxi is not part of the deal, oh boy. be it with, you know, Thibel or, um, you know, Mike Scott or something like that, just to make all the money and the contracts work with picks mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, first of all, who goes into the starting rotation? Uh, it's probably a two team race between Shake and Thibel, or I guess at that point, Furcon. Yeah. So, because even in your piece, you were saying that like maybe Maxie's not suited for starting spot right now. Yeah. Well, so so you're saying if there is a trade and we do get Lowry, if you who, get if you get well, yeah, Lowry would be in the starting rotation. That that was a silly question. I don't even know why I even brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, let's just roll. Let's just roll that back. <laughs> um, so with Grant and Danny Green being traded, obviously there's going to be minutes to be had by somebody in the guard position. Mm-hmm. So Maxi would definitely benefit from getting more of those minutes. So then you get back to my idea of he and Milton playing together in the second unit. Yeah. Yeah. I think if that were the case and that were to happen, um, I could definitely see Maxi joining the rotation uh, with more consistent minutes than he has right now. Um, if we're able to somehow keep him in a Lowry trade, but we have to give up Thibel, I think obviously that hurts a ton because Thibel brings a lot to the table uh, defensively. And, you know, his offensive game is growing. Uh, slow, as good but it as, is as, growing. As good as Maxi appears to be on defense, he's no Matisse Thibel. Exactly. So uh, you're giving up a lot um, that you have right now, but. I think at the end of the day, it's worth it. And I think Maxi can at least come into the to slide into the rotation in a, a fiber role, obviously not as great defensively, but he can soak up those minutes and do, do a fine enough job. He probably brings more offensively than Thibel, but less defensively. Um, and he kind of just roll and you hope that it doesn't come back to bite you because you'll still have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Harris. And, you know, in, in this in this alternate universe, Kyle Lowry, <laughs> and you hope that those stars can lead you to to a, a great future and a, a championship. Um, and you hope those few minutes that Thibel would be on the floor, but now he's not, uh, don't absolutely kill you. I will say that trading for Kyle Lowry and inserting him in the starting lineup, I will say there will be a nice balance 
on both the starting and second units because you'll have Lowry, primary ball handler, initiates the offense. They got shooters out there with Seth Curry and Tobias Harris. Then in the second unit, you got another ball handler in Maxi Shake playing off with Furcon and Mike Scott also. So that's that's a pretty balanced first and second unit. So that's that's something that I am kind of psyched about. But the defensive drop off of that second unit, like, is that something you would be willing to risk? Yeah, I would be able to risk that because when you look at all of the defensive firepower in the starting lineup, Doc Rivers has shown that he he staggers the minutes here and there. So, you know, it's not going to be all bench unit all the time. You know, right. you're going to have a Simmons or an Embiid out there. And, you know, Kyle Lowry is no slouch on defense too. He's a grinder. Tobias Harris has taken a giant step forward defensively. Uh, the last couple of games, he's been guarding guys like, you know, Julius Randle and he did a, not a great job, but not a terrible job against uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I mean, it, it's Giannis. Like you just, at, yeah, exactly. <laughs> at, at certain possessions, you're just like, okay, I just want to get in his way. Like exactly. It. Like he's one of those guys. It's like, all right, I'm not going to stop him. I just got to hope to kind of contain him. <laughs> I just got to hope to God he doesn't get two yeah, points on me. Exactly. So he's a big body. He's got quick feet. I, I think he has grown a bit. Um, on the defensive side of the ball. And that's really good to see because when you look at all the other defensive options, this team already has. And then if you do add in Kyle Lowry, you're able to stagger those minutes and you're able to kind of um, at least cover up for the minutes. You'd be losing that really, really great defender in Thibault. And I got to say, I would be very hyped to see Tyrese Maxey in the second unit of the playoffs. Like I, I would be, yeah, be so, sick. I'd be so hyped to see that. Like you know, him, him slapping the court like <laughs> at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Sixers up like five or something. Like that would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think honestly, when you look at Kyle Lowry, I think that's the perfect kind of mentor for yes. uh, Tyrese Maxey. Were that to happen, and they're both on the same team. Um because I think Kyle Lowry is just such a, a winning basketball player. Like he does all of the right things on the court. Um, he's unselfish, but he can be selfish when he realizes he needs to be, and he needs his team needs a basket. He can be the guy to get that. Um, he's willing to shoot from three a ton. Uh, and, you know, he's a solid defender. And I think those are things that Tyrese Maxey can really look at and learn and grow with that. This was a, very interesting discussion and we have left people to think with some th- we have left people to uh have to think about some things uh i i hope maxi gets a little bit of an increased run given the injuries to seth curry and mm-hmm. still kind of you know some inconsistencies from uh i shake and to a smaller extent matisse like who knows when he's gonna crash back to earth so we'll see what <laughs> happens there because it's inevitable oh yeah I mean, look at literally any Philadelphia athlete ever. It's just like they play really well and then all of a sudden falls off a cliff. But but see, that's when we're going to need to call you in and write a scathing (laughs) about how Matisse needs to get his act together. Exactly. I'll (laughs) be able to turn the ship around somehow. I guess these guys just read all my stuff and they're like, I'm going to prove this guy exactly wrong right now. I, I mean, listen. Tobias has been pretty much doing it to everyone all season long. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm just saying he's coming for all the apologies. Like I said on Twitter, not necessarily mine because I never gave up on him. 
I uh, Tobias and I are cool. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but Tobias yeah. and I are cool. Listen, I never, I never <laughs> hated him, but I never necessarily loved them either. I was kind of a guy where, like, he he does some good stuff, but I mean, he's never gonna be able to live up to the contract. And I think eventually, I was able to just look at it and say, okay, he's no matter what he does, he's never gonna live up to that contract. And you know, some players get overpaid, whatever. As long as he's yeah. not a net negative and he brings some stuff to the team, which he definitely has been able to this year, you know, why not? Let's let's roll. And you know, hey. If I, if I have to give him an apology, I will I will do so. There I you have go. No problem doing it. That's what I wanted to hear. Tyler Monahan, uh, plug your stuff, Twitter, all the stuff you're writing, any podcasts you're on. Uh, this is this is your time now. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at um my at is at Timon underscore nineteen. Obviously, writing for Liberty Ballers, all that stuff. I also have a soccer podcast. If anyone's listening, looking for uh, some soccer stuff, it's uh, at the Full Time Talk podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Nice. Uh, besides that, just chilling, just uh, hanging out. Started a new job, so doing that. Not as, not gonna have as much time for writing, but I'm hoping to still get some stuff out. Nice. Appreciate all of your content and coming on the pod, Tyler. Appreciate you as always. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, thanks, pal. All right, talk to you later. Thank you.